Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Bleeding on the Page. Uh, this is your host Sam with my co-host Max. You're right. Today is a very special episode because we have with us via the phone lines Trey the Explainer. Oh my God! Oh, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> thank Hello. you so much. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast to educate us and inform us and expand our minds a bit, Trey. We're really ha- happy and thankful that you be you're on this podcast. You're the first phone guest we've we've ever had in, so we've been really excited about oh, this. Oh wow! Oh, thank you so much. I'm very honored. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, well, um, if anyone's not familiar with Trey's work, he is a YouTuber. Um, He's was... actually the YouTuber that started all of this weird, like, in, in yeah. obsession. A couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that I've been watching dinosaur videos about dinosaur illustrations, and they were Trey the Explainer's videos <laughs> that I was watching. Um, but yeah, for the people that don't know, Trey's like a, a very prolific uh, sort of uh, YouTuber who makes videos about dinosaurs and paleontology in general. Uh, he's very informative, really interesting. If you haven't checked out his stuff, you should definitely go over to his channel and check him out either after this podcast or maybe even before. He is, he's a good guy. So uh, Trey, when oh. I first invited you uh, onto the show, you said you hadn't spoken about dinosaurs or you hadn't done a dinosaur video for three years. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's been a while since I've actually talked about dinosaurs. <laughs> I've I've gone off tangents on like archaeology stuff or anthropology stuff, and I need to get back to. I think my next video will be about dinosaurs. Oh, which is good. amazing! Um, the the fans are the fans are angry. They're like rioting. because yeah that's what i found so interesting when i sort of started finding your videos um how much i i didn't really understand how uh, paleontology was actually had such a a vibrant community to it Mm -hmm. um what what do you think the internet's done in terms of the sort of done for the paleontological community oh for one thing it's definitely made like the information way easier to access Mm. like um just reading like the fact that there's so many like scientific papers like open for the public and it's free for you to read um is just a really great thing and it's like you probably wouldn't get that in like the library or, or what, whatever they had beforehand yeah however those idiots <laughs> used to young. live before yeah. <laughs> those dinosaur neeks who didn't didn't have the internet at their hands to be dinosaur experts <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. And it, also, it makes it really easy to contact the actual paleontologists. Mm. Like, um, it's really cool because I get to email like uh, Mark Witten and um, Darren Niche and, and all of them. Um, I assume just, like, they're big them, like, names in paleontology. Yeah. <laughs> Are these paleontological <laughs> yeah. bigwigs? Yeah. <laughs> they're the they're the bigwigs. Yeah. No, uh... <laughs> the big Cajoncho burgers. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're like they're like kind of like the the dinosaur experts. Some of them are like artists. Would too. you say they're like what David Bowie is to music? They are to paleontology, <laughs> sort of thing. 
Oh, oh, they're the they're the. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of an actor, like musician. You know the what? Yeah, what sort they're of the Mick Jaggers? They're the oh, Mick Jaggers of Penny, the dino, the Mick Jaggers of dinosaurs. Sick. So, what? <laughs> What, for for us, what, why we got into this rabbit hole is because we write scripts, me and Max, and the next script we were thinking of writing was about uh, a paleontologist. Well, I mean, would you describe yourself as a paleontologist? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't... See, the thing is, I, I don't actually... I don't want to call myself a paleontologist because I don't have a degree or anything in paleontology. Um, I've been to sites and excavated, um, but like as like wow. a, an did undergraduate... You a, did you find any bones? Oh um, yeah, yeah. We found some bones. We found some. Uh, Sick. What did we find? It's <laughs> in uh, Utah. It was it was a while ago. I think we found some like uh, theropod footprints. Oh, that's tight, man. Theropod. Yeah. Theropod. I I I know what a theropod is because of your videos. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so is there a word? Is there like a word for for sort of more of a an untrained paleontologist, for lack of a better term? Um, I don't know. More like a, I know what is the what is the term in the the paleontology community that it was like, um, there's like all these st stupid paleontology terms exclusive to the community. Oh really? Like, um, like in the way that like, people heard... categorize themselves politically in really weird ways, like anarcho, like eco eco anarchists <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, you have like yeah, labeling yeah. some paleontologists that way. What's the most like obscure paleontological <laughs> labeling that can that's out there? I, I love using paleo artist, and it's just a person oh, that, that draws art nice. of like dinosaurs and prehistoric <laughs> yeah. stuff. I, I feel like I feel like there'd be something really alluring about like uh, a really attractive like paleo artist. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I just draw dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. like flowing hair, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because I was interested in because um, we we were we were watching your video about whether dinosaurs had feathers. And you mm. were crediting a lot of people who contributed. But what I found fascinating was that mostly their links were to deviant arts. So it seems that yeah. like paleontology and art seem to go really hand in hand. Yeah, that's the thing is that like a lot of um, uh, paleontologists have a very like strong relationship with um, like the artists who make like illustrations for like the papers. Like um, who's the famous one? Uh, Joshua. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his last name because it's like it's German or, or <laughs> uh, Scandinavian or something like that. Uh, Kaput, something like that. Um, he's on DeviantArt. He's he's made it really big. Uh, where like almost every other paper I see, like it has like an illustration for him from him or to the public from wow. him. Yeah, and um, so so with that, there comes an interesting question of what is the right way or the most scientifically accurate way to interpret fossils or bones or, or footprints or anything left behind. Because from... so often with these paleontological like images that we see in your videos and all around the web now, especially in recent days, there seems to be a really strong artistic um, sort of confidence in it. It's like artists are actually being very sort of creative with how they're drawing these dinosaurs and illustrating them. What do you think, how, how good is the line do you think between the, rep the actual representation of the dinosaurs and what the drawings are representing in today's kind of art world mm, that's a good that's a really good question um pa paleontology like the depicting um prehistoric animals can like uh is very there's a lot of wiggle room with it um and that's what like a lot of paleont uh, paleo artists like uh toy with is there's um a lot of animals all we have is like bits of the skeleton and and you don't really know what the soft tissue mm. um like the skin covering or uh, especially with dinosaurs, like the the skin coverings of dinosaurs is very much debated. 
Um, some dinosaurs might have feathers, some might have had scales. Um, there's just a lot of gray area. Um, and so essentially what a paleo artist can do is like, depending from, from species to species, they can essentially just uh, go all over the place. They can, they can give it like a lot of fatty tissue or... Artistic um, license, if you like. Yeah, a lot of artistic license and give it like a head crest if there's if there's uh, enough sort of vagary in there for it. <laughs> I'm making up words. Um, yeah, and like what a lot of a lot of paleontologists, paleo, uh, sorry, paleo artists use is um, they use a lot of surviving animals. So you look at the closest living relatives um, for a lot of dinosaurs, it's birds, and they see like what what does what do birds have that um, a dinosaur might have like. Like a lot of uh, paleo artists play with um, like like the like vulture skin flaps and stuff, <laughs> skin or like flaps. unique head crests and all that. Do you think so, does it ever get to a point where it's too rampant and you're like, actually, these paleo artists are too keen on skin flaps and head crests? That's <laughs> and it's restricting. Yeah, them. no, th that's that's very true. Where like people they they're following the the modern species way too closely, um, mm. or they're just they're just being way way too creative, like. Um, especially with colors and dinosaurs like odds are they would be very drab um like a lot of mammals and stuff big mammals because you have to blend into your environment and all right that. So, so like you'll like, see let's spunk it up a bit let's make it look a little bit more exciting let's give it a slap let's of, give it some a... racing stripes let's <laughs> yeah, give them yeah, some exactly. horns no, joking, and you could be joking. artistic you could be scientifically uh in right to even do that because there's those gray areas yeah. you were talking about because we have other bones yeah. has anyone ever taken the bones of a um, animal and and repurposed how the bones are put together to make a completely separate creature. Oh, um, there's been incidents in in paleontology where there have been mix-ups where like um, the famous one is like uh, Tenistrophius or it might have been a plesiosaur, one of those those long-necked marine reptiles where like they put the the bones on the complete wrong side of the of the animal <laughs> and made it give it a give it a really long tail like a really long tail and, and it, in actuality it was the neck so, like, so there's amazing. been a lot of screw up so they have a tiny neck in their original <laughs> illustrations and a yeah. really long tail how long how long have people like had like perceptions on that what like what's like the longest like wrong perception of a dinosaur <laughs> that's existed like how long like have we been like really wrong about how dinosaurs have looked for very long periods of time oh yeah yeah the, um, <laughs> i love that uh, the, the the lizard the lizard dinosaurs that you see like in like anything essentially older than jurassic park maybe um anything older than jurassic park odds are it's going to be like a like an iguana with, <laughs> like like just straight up an iguana which like uh, something the big the big period. This is another one of those those dumb paleontology exclusive terms that's called the the dinosaur renaissance. Mm. Oh, I and love it that. Happened around the 60s 70s, uh, where paleontologists were finally figuring out that like dinosaurs were not just big lizards, but they were like <laughs> um, essentially just big birds. It, it's like people were just like, they, oh, we totally got this wrong. <laughs> that, but that's that's the same. That must reframe like everything, though. That like lizards and birds are so very far from each other. It's almost in a way, like they have they? to start from scratch once oh, yeah. they come to that realization. The the biggest revolution in in, um, in dinosaur paleontology is probably has to be when they figured out that like not all dinosaurs were cold-blooded so it completely changed like probably what their behavior had right. been perceived as for like decades wow um, wow yeah. i didn't i didn't even know there were dinosaurs that what does that mean uh for the dinosaur for dinosaurs if there's some that are warm blood uh, if there's some that aren't cold-blooded 
Uh, it would mean that they'd like they'd be way more active and be able to survive in like colder climates and um like the thing is with with a lot of sort of depictions during like the 1920s and stuff they essentially made them really sluggish animals that like are trumpeting around like um <laughs> just like like really clumsy um but uh when with warm-blooded animals or um i think the other one where there's sort of an in-between with like mesothermo or something mesotherm um where like they're somewhat warm-blooded and somewhat cold-blooded they'd be able to be very very active almost like uh like mammals how active they would be they could like chase after stuff and and <laughs> run after stuff yeah because wow. so it completely changed the perception try try i could talk to you about dinosaurs probably for hours you're like a fountain of information. You are. You're a fountain of dinosaur knowledge. Did did getting into oh, paleontology as a hobby sort of ruin dinosaur movies for you? Because like after <laughs> uh, I after I found out like dinosaurs had feathers and I saw like the feathering the dinosaur feather designs and stuff. Now when I see like the lizard stuff, I'm like so boring, man. Yeah, because the feathers look way cooler. There's like loads more color and it's like more alien. Yeah. So to us, because you do get people that are upset about the feathers, but to us, we're like, those look great. So whenever we watch something like Jurassic Park, we're like, oh. <laughs> they're a bit, yeah, that's they're just a bit dinosaurs boring. we've had for ages. Yeah. Like, that's Come not on, even what yeah. they look like. Right. Yeah, no, I've definitely, I, I will say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, maybe it has ruined it for, it hasn't ruined <laughs> it for me, but I know it's ruined it for people who are friends with me. Because <laughs> I always am complaining about stuff like, um, what did I, I, I saw my dad after a while and we went to see, I think it was Jurassic World or something. <laughs> uh, and like, he was like, he, he essentially like, like told me like to be quiet. Like, stop talking about dinosaurs. <laughs> this is my dad. Were you just like pointing out all the species and like, and like saying, that's not how they look like. They that, don't. That, oh that's yeah, not I them. was like. That's not it. <laughs> that's well, not wait, it. Wait. The, the Jurassic World bothered me so much for some reason, but the, not bothered me too much. Is it because you uh, had high, they, high? Because it's a new it's like modern, a, it's big a modern budget film. dinosaur it's like we've film. We've got all the information, yeah. and they've out got now. all the information to do it properly. And it, the thing is, is like before the movie, they made a big show of having um, Jack Horner. Jack Horner, uh, he's he's one of those big wig paleontology guys. Mm. Um, and he, they're like, oh yeah, we brought him on to to look at the accuracy of the dinosaurs and all that, and make sure they're they're as accurate as possible. And like, you're just like, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> those bastards, like, swindling you. Those... <laughs> do you do you have a favorite dinosaur film, Trey? Favorite dinosaur film? Um, mm. Does like, okay, uh, have you ever watched? the the bbc walking with dinosaurs series. yeah we've yeah. just we were just checking a couple of those episodes out they are well they are sweet oh I lo yeah i love those ones those are those those have to be probably like i would say even though they're outdated and, and accurate now um what they really nailed was um depicting dinosaurs as animals oh i see um, because that's one of the main problems that i have with the jurassic park movies and, and essentially anything that has like dinosaurs in it like in an action movie is they have trouble depicting dinosaurs. They depict dinosaurs as like bloodthirsty serial killer monsters, mm. uh, which, which in actuality, they were animals just like a lion or like an elephant or, or anything like that. Where right, like right. they they give up on hunts. They don't like they don't mindlessly chase after stuff. They go like, oh, it's not worth it. Yeah, I'm gonna rest or, or whatever. They're not <laughs> like 100% attacking stuff all the time. And the, what what we were wondering you could help us out with because our proposed story that we want to write is about uh, a paleo artist who is uh, who is very uh, left field basically his illustrations yeah. of dinosaurs 
aren't quite within the paleontology community. He's like, he'd be a bit of an oddball, yeah. uh, you know, if he was a paleo artist. Is there mm. any any people that are actually like that in the community or any specific illustrations you can um, think of that are really crazy? Okay, so one of the guys, so if you're looking for a guy that has been like completely... Or any sort of bad, stories as well. This, uh, ostracized by like the paleontology community. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's his name? David Peters. David Peters. David's, David Peters. He is a like an amateur paleontologist, paleo artist who is just this guy that um, just like he makes all these illustrations and completely has no backing for them whatsoever. <laughs> and and sometimes he'll just like completely get like the um, the wrong interpretations that like the scientists have made. Like completely like says that like the scientists are are like lying and stuff <laughs> he makes these really kind of strange wow. uh like crazy illustrations where like pterosaurs like have like giant like um they look like mardi gras parade floats like almost. Oh, sick. <laughs> amazing well let's support so, david peters yeah i'm oh, yeah that sounds good <laughs> are there what are the most common forms of arguments what are the common forms of debate within the paleo community that you often find what are people getting really heated about um, a lot of people are getting heated on um, sort of, and this might just be me, where, like how <laughs> the extent to which dinosaurs were, were feathered. Um, Is it really like, like, just deep in the community, the divide between feathered and non-feathered? It, it's not really the... I guess maybe it is the paleontologist even to an extent. Um, where like uh, the big the big one that's a stink is uh, the T-Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex, was Tyrannosaurus Rex feathered. Um, and like it'll be like we'll discover like a tiny patch of skin in one area of the Tyrannosaurus Rex and in, in, in like the news outlets and everybody will go like oh the whole thing was unfeathered like those paleontologists <laughs> were wrong to claim that it might have been feathered uh, so like I think that might be it like sort of skin covering <laughs> soft tissue stuff great that's good to know <laughs> and a big part of it yeah yeah because they started coming out with pictures of these giant chickens and saying that's probably what T-Rexes look like yeah yeah the chickens <laughs> and there's there isn't evidence for that do you still is there proof that they had some form of feathers but not you know maybe not yeah the whole... to, to, i i i love the the sort of um it's probably like split like right down the middle i'm guessing um i'm of the opinion that tyrannosaurus rex probably did have like some feather covering of some kind but it was probably like light probably like hair on like an elephant almost I see. where like it's just sort of sporadic and like it'd be hard to tell and one of the big confusions has to be with like what feathers mean um like feathers <laughs> to like layman this is gonna be this what is gonna sound nutty mean? but like feathers to like <laughs> most people they picture like like modern bird feathers like chicken feathers that are like these plumes mm. um but like what paleontologists have found is that like feathers and dinosaurs had like a lot of diversity like there were some that were just like quills there were some that were like almost like um leaves on like a tree almost like how they look like branches um <laughs> cool. and a lot like we're just like really tiny there was a lot of variation in like dinosaur feathers feathers were funkier like, back then says, yeah they, they, they yeah it was, it was funkier some of them were yeah diff they were all sort of different kinds of feathers and do you and feel you like guys... do you, th do you, do you yeah. often feel like feathers yeah, should it, go back to their roots <laughs> and they shouldn't 
We yeah, should, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring, bring feathers back. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was also wondering as well, has there ever been a case where, you know, an a- amateur, maybe so fairly unknown paleo artist or, you know, independent young person has changed uh, paleontology with, like, one discovery or one thing or one picture? Mm. I don't know. I don't know if um, a, a single person, like a young person, has, has done that. Um, is it because the community overall like, is quite large and there's so many different subsets that in order to change like loads of things, it has to be like, you know, collaborative effort? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Um, it's hard for you to make a, a huge impact as like a paleo artist because in, nowadays because there's just so many of them. Because um, our, like our, our idea was to have this uh, this this crackpot, uh, lonely dinosaur paleo artist was to make was there was going to be some sort of discovery which would actually make it all his illustrations accurate <laughs> and holy cow <laughs> famed as you know the new you know that. einstein of dinosaurs and he's got all these book deals and everything um you know how how <laughs> yeah. realistic could that be you know what would we have to find to be able to prove that no yeah no that's uh that's cool no there's definitely been um, paleo artists in the past that have predicted um, major discoveries in the in the past. Uh, for instance, like there was a guy, what did he call it? He was back in he was something Behe. I don't know. I'll have Behe. to look it up. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me know. He, yeah. He uh, he was a, a a paleo artist and sort of a paleontologist back in like the nineteen tens twenties, and he made an illustration of like his speculative. Uh, dinosaur like it was a a dinosaur that he speculated might have existed and it was sort of the transition between birds and like theropod like round dinosaurs was it just and random or did he have any kind of physical evidence did he just like sketch out he, he um and he used sort of like uh older discoveries like archaeopteryx and then like uh Comsagonathus. so like those dinosaurs and then like he was like okay what does an in-between those look like and he drew a dinosaur with four wings like it had it had a, wings on like the front limbs and then wings on the back limbs yeah, yeah and um and like people didn't really pay it much mind and then until like it was like when did microraptor be discovered it was like 1990 something um this dinosaur called microraptor was discovered and it was it was all it was almost a like w- like like visual copy of the illustration he right, made like a hundred years prior so, so our guy and, um, would have to be drawing dinosaurs that didn't exist and, and then, then that's they, what they do is they discover an entire rat, like new line yeah, of they dinosaurs find new fossils yeah i think that what they have to do is like discover an, a like a different like a dinosaur age or a different era of dinosaurs a different era of dinosaurs hadn't been thought of and all his drawings are exact to them yes because uh trey there's, yeah. there's the jurassic era and then there's the what other eras are there uh, for dinosaurs, it was the the Triassic, the Jurassic, and then the Cretaceous. So we got three dinosaurs. So we got three eras. current eras. Could there the be dinosaurs. an era before that we didn't know about? A fourth, a hidden fourth era. <laughs> hidden fourth era. I like that. I like that. The, <laughs> what there's um, you could you could maybe use um, there's something in uh, this isn't necessarily dinosaurs, but in paleontology where there's this uh, time period that is a bit of like a mystery. Oh. It's called a uh, Romer's Gap, Romer's Gap. Um, where yes. like essentially no fossils have been discovered of like literally anything in that in that space. Oh, 
I like a good mystery. And so it's a big sort of mystery. Sounds like a there title. There weren't any dinosaurs then. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a what? It sounds like a good title. You could call yeah, us Rome, Roma's Gap. Gap. It's like a good Roma's title. Roma's Gap. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> so what's known about Roma's Gap? Was it I was it found out by a man named Roma? So it was um it was sort of the period before the 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 dinosaurs uh called like the Devonian. And it was sort of the transition between where like fish were crawling out onto land and uh, sort of becoming amphibians. Um, and the big the big problem with it is it, it, it sort of encompasses this period when like amphibians were like fish were becoming amphibians and becoming more terrestrial. And like so like there's probably like, a lot of important discoveries in there. Like how did how did like fish sort of start becoming on land and like what sort of roles do they play in the ecosystem that sort of drove that? So. Um, just the problem is that like the preservation isn't good for that time period. Mm -hmm. So like there's there's almost nothing. Like there's one. I think there's like a few little discoveries in there. Like all really weird. Like <laughs> one of them is like uh, it, it was on the the show Prehistoric Park. They they highlighted it and it's like this amphibian that like was like almost all body. Like it had like little <laughs> tiny limbs. Wow. It was essentially like a big head. This is already a, my like favorite a, a, a era tail. of dinosaurs. That's sort of how I feel about myself when I look in the mirror. <laughs> your whole body um yeah and then like you could maybe uh, like a lot of uh, a lot of stuff before the dinosaurs is a bit of like a, a mystery yeah like um and it was it got really weird before dinosaurs showed up so what's your favorite era in in the in the sort of in the you know in the past in the land before time what's your favorite oh yeah Have, did you watch land before time when you were a kid oh yeah yeah was favorite that... um favorite prehistoric era yeah Oh, I gotta say, I'm a huge fan of the the overlap before like dinosaurs showed up. So there was this big sort of thing. The reason why the dinosaurs were so successful and they sort of became the rulers of the world uh, is because there was this massive extinction that killed off like 90%, if even higher, of like all life that existed on Earth. Wow, what, big what whole was thing. that? Was it disease? It think? was the Permian mass extinction. Oh. oh my god because that's one of the things and, like, is, is there, there's more than what more than one extinction happened on earth right there's yeah, been like multiple extinctions crazy. which fucked me up yeah. a bit i thought we'd only had one so i'm a bit it's made me a bit edgier <laughs> <laughs> no it's scary to think that like like there's been times where like almost everything on earth's been like wiped out and extinct and then like there everything regrows from that so this um, was the era when the dinosaurs were rising in on the planet then the, your favorite yeah, era. This, this is the era when like the dinosaurs were these wimpy little little things that like hid behind rocks, <laughs> uh, and that was the reason why they survived is because they were just little, these little tiny like rat like things. And they were able to <laughs> hide away lizards. from from extinction and then become well, the sort thing of is, super so after powered the, the Permian mass huge. extinction happened, where like uh, like almost all life on Earth died out. There was this short little period where like this one species called Lystrosaurus survived. And it became like the dominant species on Earth. Never in, in Earth's history has like a single species taken over as much as Lystrosaurus did. <laughs> where like it, 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 it represented like ninety-five percent of all like so, species on Earth at that time. What did the Lystrosaurus look like? They were like these little uh, like li lizard pigs. <laughs> so are you telling me that all over the world for a period of time, everything was just little lizard pigs? 
they were these little dumb lizard cow pigs <laughs> as far as the eye could see. And nice. I hate them. Well, they, what were the, does any, do we know anything about sort of what their behavior would have been like? Were they sort of uh, violent we, or? We have no idea like why they survived as well as they did. It might have been just something as like <laughs> dumb as like luck. Like they just were lucky. Oh. And how long did that p- period last? So how many years were, do we count, do we estimate that these things were the only <laughs> thing on earth for? Probably like um, I'm guessing. I don't know exactly. This is. Uh, I think it was probably like a few million years. Oh my <laughs> god! Short time. For oh millions of god. years, the earth was just occupied uh, by dopey piglizards. <laughs> That's so good. It's so. I'm just trying to picture what like life would be on by then because you just walk around and there'd just be all these things it would be like a minecraft like world where just be copied and paste <laughs> like a like a video game you see the same character model over and over again <laughs> we are the kings hello welcome <laughs> welcome to our land we own this planet now would you like to eat some grub <laughs> we're grub eaters over here this is my house it's a little it's a pile of sticks <laughs> Take your shoes we're off simple, at the door. We're simple creatures. We just trundle about. <laughs> what are the creatures called again? The uh, species? They're called uh, Lystrosaurus. 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 That's what I'm going to call people to insult and, and, them from now yeah. on. You stupid Lystro. <laughs> you, you Lystrosaurus. <laughs> You're Lystrious, you. You're Lystrious. <laughs> oh, mate, I've got a fucking Lystro over here. Getting, <laughs> off my boot. Thank you so much for coming on. Basking us in your great, great knowledge. It was, it was great. You're a real fountain of information and such a lovely person oh, as well. Oh, thank you. You really no truly problem, tickled no if my you guys have any more, I'd happy to come back too. Oh, oh well, so definitely. Sure. Well, we'd love to. Actually, we should, we should get you on the phone just to listen to yeah, the well, whole dinosaur. When, when we when we write this dinosaur script, we'll get you on and you can tell us if you thought it worked or or it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and you can be really brutal. Okay, yeah, okay. that would be good. All right. Yeah, if you, you have the same response that you had to Jurassic World, oh, that's thank okay you so much for us. having me. No, yeah, man, no. it was a blast. Thank yeah. you so much, man. So that was Trey the Explainer. What yeah. a lovely man. Yeah, I really liked him. I really liked him, and I love that he's willing to come on again. Maybe be a friend of the podcast. Maybe be a friend of the podcast. Wasn't happy with you, though. Yeah. I thought you really showed me up there. Yeah, well, I mean... I I was I sort of panicked towards the end of the way. Uh, yeah, I think we should uh, end the in the interview end now. End the interview now. Yeah. I was like, wow, he's sounding a bit insensitive. I, know. I didn't know how to uh, like end sudden. it. I, 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 I was gonna do it for, yeah. for you, but then I was like, well, you know, Sam's been is in this just, now. He yeah. should take it. Like, and then you're like, uh, 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 we're yeah. gonna end that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I have to like, no, but it's been really lovely having yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I just I really I didn't. I just panicked. But he was great. Well, I I really liked Trey. He left a good impression. I mean, I'd quite like him to have been my brother growing up. I'd like him to be my dad, if possible. If we can set up some sort of formal maybe adoption. we maybe we should next time we bring on Trey. It's not him as a dinosaur expert, but more as a daddy role play thing for you. That would be really good. <laughs> I think that would really help me get over a lot of trauma, a lot of issues that and you like, have with yourself. Dad, tell me what dinosaur I'm most like. <laughs> yeah, Dad, what's the best dinosaur? <laughs> What's the best dinosaur to be? Tell me more about when we were all pigmen. Uh, it would be. <laughs> I want to learn more about the pig people. I want to learn more about the pig lizard people. I worship people. the pig lizard people. <laughs> that could be a great. That could be the guy. The guy could. I just like the idea that yeah, there's loads of great little Listro, nuggets. Listro, uh, Listro pods or something. I'm a Listro pod. 
this <laughs> I, I I'm Illustrian. Yeah, I, maybe, yeah, it's just going to be like, there's loads of funny things there. Just pictures of these with pig lizards <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Praise be the pig lizards. Praise, Praise be, be the, the pig lizards. We're bringing them back. We're bringing them back. <laughs> um, but now we've got a new segment. That was the interview segment. Now we've got the new segment that for you. The interview segment. <laughs> the interview segment. And now we've got... <laughs> <laughs> the new segment, the new item. Netflix, Netflix Corner. Netflix Corner. We all want to sit in the corner and watch Netflix. We all do it. Except for people. People who don't have corners, people without homes, people with, who live in domes, <laughs> people who live in tents, in giant live, domes, t- people who live in crab carapaces. So what's been going down in the Netflix corner? Yeah, so because like Netflix has just been on a bit of an upsurge, putting out quite a few bits of just fully original pieces of media. This is that what I like. to be praised. People are complaining, like people like Martin Scorsese are complaining. <laughs> <laughs> people like Martin Scorsese are complaining all about like. The nature of cinema about everything, really. Basically, saying films aren't films and they're roller coasters, which is dumb because they're clearly (laughs) films. I I was thinking about this the other other day. I was like, you know, the reason he's bitter that they're roller coasters is because like he seems like he'd be too short to ride a roller coaster. That's so true. He would not be allowed on. So bitter, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's Uh, like four feet. And and the poor man's age. (laughs) No, he's three ten. He's three ten. Yeah. Legally a midget. (laughs) (laughs) And then yeah, and then he says Netflix movies shouldn't be nominated, and that. Did he say? That? Oh, probably. 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 <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, I think where the, where we are getting lots of original content is like Netflix and streaming services. Loads of things that like aren't based off anything and there's like an upsurge Lots of things that feel like they wouldn't be made by any other production company other than Netflix. Well, I think they, I think streaming services all around generally have some good things because you yeah. had Hulu, which had like Stephen King stuff. Like they, they do get good no, shit. I'm not saying, I'm saying that more as a compliment. It's just the Netflix films, because it's all in-house, it seems mm. like they're taking less they're taking more risks with what they're they're actually making because this film, what was it called again? Uh, you Dolomite, to... yeah. Dolomite, like, yeah. So brilliant. yeah, this is what we were talking. We were to talk about Dolomite was came out on Netflix not long ago, and I got really curious about it because it's had Eddie Murphy in it. He's he's come out retirement. Well, yeah, even though he Eddie, made it, we need he, you to come out last retirement. Last one he made was in 2016, but he, it's a bit of a change in image for him because he's going back back to his youth. He's back to his crass, sweary self, which I love. Yeah, he hasn't done that for ages. No. Yeah. Um, and it's the story of uh, a man called Dolomite. Well, he doesn't. He's not called Dolomite. It's Ru- a biopic. Rudy, Rudy Ray Charles. He's, yeah. So it's just a guy called, with. I think his first name is Rudy. Uh, <laughs> that's what the best I can give. Wow. You. Cool. <laughs> uh, but he's known as the Godfather of Hip Hop, and it's this guy who who sort of started a stand up comedy routine in like America at a time, and kind of basically self made himself. And Netflix made this movie, uh, made, like commissioned this movie about him. It was actually like really I love films about making films yeah and that's what like a lot of Dolomite was yeah and also like the casting is so great because Eddie Murphy was like a stand up comedian so when he's going back into that sort of character it's quite mm. easy for him yeah um, and I w- I think that Eddie Murphy's acting is enough to like to make it really enjoyable yeah. he really works but what I was saying before is that I'm not sure if Dolomite would have been a film made by like Fox or Universal and would have no. been put in a big cinema. No, because it does. It has quite a strange structure because <laughs> barely anything a, bad happens. It's it, just really feel. It's good. hard to see a company betting on it. It's also yeah. quite, it's also really odd. It's like a it, it, Dolomite as a character. Like the thing he does is not really like very broadly to be understood. I think it like, requires you to have a little bit of a sense of like I don't know the space that he's in a little bit maybe. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just a weird movie, and it's like it's kind of one of the. It's also one of those middle budget movies, right? It's not yeah. an expensive glitzy film by any means at all, and it's not really an indie, independent kind of indie movie. It's it's a middle of the road. It's a middle kind of budget movie, and you don't see those being put out on cinemas no, at all today. No, yeah. um, and that's what's also one of the things that's nice about it is that I came down. I was a bit hungover, and I saw Dolomite. I was like, I'll of stick course, that you were hungover. You're always hungover. You've got a problem. <laughs> The more we instate this on the podcast, the more people well, will start believing it. You're the one that brought up and then you were more, hungover. Yeah, but it was more about late, p- paint it, setting a scene, but then you had to contextualize it yeah, against all the other times you had a couple more drinks. Drink. Well, that's the best way to cure a hangover. There you go, hair of the yeah. dog. Like, yeah. what else am I expected to do? Just painkillers? No. They, they mix them with things. Booze. <laughs> I'm not eating those. <laughs> you don't know what they put in them. The government put things You don't in. know what they put in them, man. You don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so it yeah. was really feel good, yeah, uh, it essentially. Was. It's got a really nice, friendly, happy, lovely tone. It's a good yeah. movie. Check it out. Yeah, I just went in. It was feel good all the way. But Eddie Murphy is very, is particularly quite good. And I think it's, I think it's one of his more standout performances that he's done for like quite a while, which was why I was happy to see it. All right. Shall I tell you what's been in my Netflix corner? Yeah, all right. Little thing. Little little show with uh, Paul Rudd in it called Living oh, With I, Yourself. Oh, I love Paul Rudd. He's he, so was He's in, he was in Friends. He was in Ant-Man. Oh, Paul Rudd. Oh, Fundamentals of Caring. Did you see that? He was so lovely in that, and wasn't What makes he? Living With Yourself so good is there's two Paul Rudds. It's not just one, it's two. <laughs> two Paul Rudds. Two Paul Rudds. There's two men who I have a crush on in my life. That's Paul Rudd and Logic. You know that. <laughs> Such yeah, a crush so, on logic. so living with yourself is—it's uh, kind of like a sci-fi soap opera. Is how I would best describe it. It was described to me by my friend Adam, who said to me, "You know that Rick and Morty episode where they go to the spa? Yeah, it's that." He said, "It's literally that. It's yeah. just that." And I was like, "Well, I like that episode. It was a cool concept." And it is that. It is just that. <laughs> it is literally that. And that's fine. Um, it's basically like he goes to a spa to make himself a better person mm. and they just make a new fresh clone who's like genetically better yeah. and then they plan to kill the original clone but the gas goes wrong and he doesn't die so he just wakes up and he goes back to his house and his wife is with the clone of him who's genetically better in every way mm. and that causes conflict as you can imagine yeah imagine <clears throat> having a better genetic version of yourself Living in your house. I do. With it, your woman. I do. It's you. It's you. <laughs> I clone myself and it's you. Man. That's you. That's, That's what, what you, you do to me, mate. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So you'll relate to it then. <laughs> probably. Yeah, you'll probably. really relate to it. How would you cope with that if, if you had a clone of yourself who ended up? I would immediately kill any clone of myself. What if you're the clone? Yeah, no. Even if I am the clone, but that 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 that's then to say that your clone will immediately try to kill I, I you. I know. That's why I would do it. <laughs> it's self-defense more than anything. Because you know what's happening. Because I know the yeah. moment that naked body is stepping on the floor, you know what's going through his yeah, mind. Exactly. Because it's the same thing as what's going through your mind, exactly. which is one of us has to die. Yeah, ex- mm. we can't coexist. It can't happen. Yeah. Well, I d- I do the absolute opposite of that. The exact opposite of that. What? The you exact. Take away you saying you would fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) That's the the, opposite of killing. Yeah, that's the exact opposite. I would fuck myself. So that was in my Netflix corner. I recommend it. It was good crack. It was funny and it had a fairly decent ending. Uh, (laughs) And 
<laughs> it was a fairly decent ending, but it became really soap opera. Was like, I don't Rudd's, want to spoil it. Was though. Paul Rudd charming and sort of warming? Yeah, he and was. Fun to be around. Yeah, he know. was. Did yeah. he have all the Paul Ruddyisms that I go to see a Paul Rudd exactly. film for? No, he he's really those? good in it. He's and really, and really in good. Spades, he had two because there's two of him. Yeah, it's Spades. He's playing two completely different characters. Would you recommend it to someone who hates Paul Rudd? No. Right, well, that's very obviously no. Well, no, yeah, maybe. Most but of the charm is coming from Paul Rudd, but the actor who plays his wife is also amazing. She's really good. All right. So cool. I, I would, and the writing is really smart because it keeps going back like a couple of days before, but from different characters' perspectives. So mm. they'll show you the same scene twice, but from a different angle, and you'll see new things, which is very Sweet. clever so to write. Like Memento. No, 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 nothing what, like because you go back and they go back in Memento and you get to see it again. Yeah, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, okay. It's it's like Memento, <laughs> right? Just like so Memento. We have a free T-shirt to give away, <clears throat> and yeah. after you know listening to the poems we had read yesterday, I think there's a clear winner. We know and everyone it, knew. Everyone knew, knew from the beginning, and it goes to Tom Alexander Prydu. Congrats. Congrats, mate. I will email you with information. Who came through with the, with with the, the shrubs. Winning, do you want to read it? Yeah. <clears throat> this is the winning We're haiku. We're going to read the winning haiku once again because it's such a banger. <clears throat> I fucking hate shrubs. Um, Not much else to say here. I just don't like shrubs. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Round of applause for him on the podcast. Well done, we Tom. We brought in a whole crowd for you. Maybe we can get Tom, uh, Ollie, Tom put, on over put, the phone. Put the sounds of a crowd on here. Yeah, Tom, maybe we'll bring you in to, to congratulate you on the phone uh, next episode. Who knows? Who anything, knows? Anything that happen we in know this it's space. possible. It's spontaneous. It's mental. It's crazy. Yeah, but maybe. <laughs> but thanks so much for listening. Um, and thanks again to Trey, the explainer. For coming on and, and, and being, being so uh, much, much smarter better than, us. than both yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like that too, so that was good. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. Thanks, everyone. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.